Hey y'all, what's going on, man? It's episode number 47 today of the Rock Savages Podcast. You guys know the drill, man. We are brought to you by rocksavagepod.com. You guys can download all of our episodes there for free. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the handle Rock Savage Pod. Also, if you guys are feeling generous and you want to roll over to rocksavagepod.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Just bookmark us, man, for all your Amazon shopping. Costs you guys nothing and gives us a little kickback. And helps this party keep rocket, you know? And now that all the business is out of the way for now, uh, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about this episode. I uh, went down to the Outpost Concert Club, our favorite venue in Northeast Ohio, to see live rock and roll. And the Mighty Brimstone Coven was playing. So I stopped in, asked the guys if they wanted to do a podcast, and they were uh, gracious enough with their time to do so. So I uh, sat down with Andrew, the bass player for uh, Brimstone Coven, and we had a little chat in their tour van. It was pretty cool, man. We're both uh, huge vinyl fans, so we get into a little bit of that. And then after the interview, I uh, checked out their set, and those guys are next level, man. I saw them a couple years ago with... um, their old lineup, I think they had two other guys with them, and uh, they have since stripped it down to a three-piece, and I think they're stationed in Ohio now, so we get to claim Brimstone Coven in the Ohio music scene now. Yeah! I think they're originally from West Virginia, or Virginia, one of the two, I can't remember right now, but it doesn't matter, man. They're an Ohio band now, and we're claiming you guys. Uh, Andrew goes over a little bit, but they are currently recording a new record. Uh, They played a couple of the new songs at their set, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. The new songs were the best songs of the set, and I'd only heard them once, and it was cool. It it got me right away, so I can tell this next record is going to be a really good one for them. And with that said, I'm not going to kill you guys with a long intro today. We're just going to go ahead and get on into it. And then, all right, here we go. This is uh, Andrew Cogna from Brimstone Coven. All right, we're here with Andrew at the outpost from yeah. Brimstone Coven. What's up? This is the last show of the year, huh? Yes. Yeah, we've been hitting it pretty hard this year. I mean, the past couple of years we've been pretty, hitting it so hard show-wise that, you know, we've really not... We're overdue for a record, yeah. basically. So this is, you know, after tonight, we're going to crawl into the basement and record that long overdue record. Yeah. Yeah. Again, for Metal Blade? Uh, no, we're actually free agents now. They, um, they own the last two, the self-titled and Black Magic, but we... Our contract was up, so we had a meeting and we kind of mutually agreed, you know, um, to be free agents. So that's what we're doing now. Um, we were toying with the idea of shopping it, but I think it, we're kind of so overdue 
mm-hmm. would just lengthen out the process even more. Yeah. And um, we're really kind of self-reliant and do-it-yourself anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think we're just going to self-release it. But it'll yeah. probably be on multiple formats. It'll be on CD and vinyl, I imagine. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the way to do it now, man. I mean, you guys got a little springboard with Metal Blade, but yeah, like I was telling you, like our band is the same way. We're just totally independent and have been forever. I don't. I mean, I don't even know how we'd act if there was any uh, a circle of people telling us what to do in right, any kind dude, of capacity. Been, you know? Yeah, I've kind of been telling everybody like that. You know, uh, I've met a guy not too long ago, and he's been doing the DIY thing forever. He's got it down to a science, and um, he's like, "Yeah, hey, I've been thinking about shopping to a label." I'm like, "Dude, you're just gonna get frustrated because you've been doing it yourself so long. You're used to keeping your own timelines and things yeah. like that. That you know, you're, you're gonna get frustrated with the timeline that a label's gonna put on you. Yeah, and um, you know." Gonna, it's gonna make you like it less. So you just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing yeah. fine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's kind of a, like the internet's kind of a double-edged sword. Like a lot, you know, a lot of people complain about it because it's so saturated. But at the same time, it's easier than ever to do your own stuff. I mean, because that's all we've ever done. It is. It's a blessing and a curse because there's just so much stuff to weed through to get to the good stuff that you know a lot of good stuff gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and overshadowed by whoever is promoting themselves the most. Um, but at the same time, like you said, you know, you could do everything yourself, you could release it yourself, and if you have the right avenues and have the right connections, you know, on social media or whatever, you could reach as many people as any other label can. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting times we live in. But I'm finding more good music. I mean, a lot of that's another complaint. Is a lot, a lot of people are just like, the music sucks now. It's like there's a ton of good bands. Man. I beg to differ. Yeah, it's um, it's a fine time for music. There's, I think that there's more. I, I truly think, and I brought this up the other day. I think there's more bands and more music out now than there ever has been in the history of music ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's just a, awareness because of like the internet and social media or whatever, but um, just if I go through my friends list, like. It's very rare to see somebody's profile pic that's not holding an instrument or up on a stage. You right. Know? Like, everybody's in a band. Everybody's yeah. playing music. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah, and it's uh, the quality of it's good, too. But, I mean, it's more global now. So, like, I've been finding myself listening to a bunch of bands from uh, Sweden, of all places. Mm. But it's rock and roll stuff. It's really good shit. And, I mean, it's they're making records, you know, and they're mm. making... All the songs on the album are, are great, and it's songwriting. You know, it's not just you know them dialing in that retro sound. You know, because right. a lot of bands do that, and sure. they don't have songs. And you know, there's a handful of bands out there that just have songs for days, and uh, never would have known without the internet. You know, it's true. Yep, you're absolutely right. And Sweden's always kind of been a hotbed for great music, though. Yeah, they're know. like the Seattle of uh, Europe. Yeah, you know, just yep. a little bigger. You know, it's not just a city. But when death metal was a baby. You know, I was. I always gravitated towards Swedish death metal, and um, you know, black metal came out, or at least got popular, or whatever. It seemed like you know most of the better bands were coming from even Norway or Sweden. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah and, um, and now, even now, like you said, rock and roll. I mean, there's always been like the helicopters. You know, they've been around forever. So they've been playing good rock and roll forever. Yeah. You know, they're out of Sweden. Um, and uh, yeah, so te- nine times out of ten, if you pick up a Swedish band's record, it's gonna rock. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is just right. good front and back. Yep. It's like, what are you guys drinking, man? You exactly. got something in the water or some yeah, shit? Yeah, it's got to be like, I would love to live there because like every garage, you just have to walk down the alley. Every yeah. garage has to be some yeah. awesome band rehearsing, yeah. right? Check out this, what could be a classic record if records still sold, you know, millions right. or whatever. Yep. I don't, you probably don't have to sell millions to even go like gold and sweet. And it's that's probably like 10, the 000. downside of, you know, the digital age or whatever is that, you know, 
so many less people are buying physical media uh, nowadays compared to, you know, <clears throat> pre-internet or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I I meet plenty of purists that like, and I'm I'm one of those people. Like, if I like something, I'm gonna buy the physical product. Right. I'm not gonna. I don't have any MP3s. I don't have any. Well, None. wow. Yeah, I've never downloaded an album ever. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So you guys listen to nothing in the van? <laughs> oh, I do, but I mean, I'll get the CD or whatever, yeah. and then I'll I'll rip it in you know Windows Media or something. Right, right, right. And I it gotcha. ends up right here on this USB drive, and okay. I'll just rock it that way. Yeah, because this thing doesn't have a CD player, does it? It does, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, just so I don't have to carry my you know collection everywhere. Yeah. I just throw it on that thing, and I, you know I paid for it, so hey, yeah. you know, why not? Yeah, I try to pay for my music. I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know you're probably a vinyl guy. I'm, I I'm yeah. always have been i never but i mean thank god for this resurgence of yes, vinyl because totally vinyl's agree. bigger than ever i guess it yeah. sold like 12 million vinyls last year yep, yep, you know and it keeps up going again. up thank and i'm just you know i'm just overjoyed that people are buying something like no yeah. matter what it is right you know i'm just happy about it yeah me too i mean people still buy cds at shows I w- i've noticed on our own shows you know but see here's the thing like me and my uh singer have talked we talked a lot about it like our strategy for you know uh what we're gonna do with this last one mm-hmm. and uh it's like, well, we can't give them away because right. you have to assign some kind of value to your music. Well, sure, man. Because if you just give it to people, they don't give a fuck. About right, it. exactly. Like I was down in Hollywood a couple years ago, and we were like walking down a Hollywood Boulevard, and every like ten feet there was like a hip hop artist, and they had burned copies of their oh, shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And literally, it was probably every ten or twenty feet for like probably half a block. Wow. These dudes are just handing you CDs, and I just stopped. I was like, I don't know, man, no. Right. And the guy's like, Come on, man. I was like, No, man. I mean, he was like, You're putting your stuff on CDR. He's like, You don't give a fuck. Why would I give a fuck? Right. That's you're, what I told him. You're watering yourself down. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah it's, it's uh, true. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you don't give your stuff away. I mean, charge you know at least five bucks for it. I mean, we we keep our prices reasonable, but I think people appreciate it more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like you yeah, said, you know, if you're if you're, you know, acting like it's worth less than people are going to take it as such, right? Yeah. They're just throwing it in the back of their car and never listen to it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yep. I mean, and I've been guilty of that too. But oh yeah, me too. Me too. But yeah, I mean, uh, the vinyl resurgence is. Uh, it's cool now because I mean I remember buying vinyl like in the late nineties, mm. uh, trying to find the That's fucking records. Like, totally dead. Oh, man. dead yeah. as fuck. <laughs> like I couldn't even find a good Led Zeppelin right at, copy, like yep. in good shape. I mean, because everybody in the seventies just listened to the fuck they out of Led it. Zeppelin. Yeah, they just roached the record. Yeah, they sat on it and choked, chopped coke on it. You could tell, right. you know, it was all fucked up. <laughs> yep. I never found any good Led Zeppelin copies ever. No. Nope. And then so they reissue them now, and I think they sound better than ever, man. When they're done right, I it's mean, yeah. I mean, it, that's a double-edged sword too. It I've, is. Yeah. I've had like you know, I, um, like I got a couple of Maiden reissues that were you know just circumstantial, just because I needed the, you know, the CD you know wore out or whatever, and I needed a new copy, and I had to get the remastered version. And yeah, um, a couple of those like actually sound worse, I think. Really? Yeah. Um, there's not, they're not as dynamic. They're really compressed and. Yeah, I well, mean, they're, they're pro- loud. They compare to you know the yeah. volume wise with everybody else nowadays, but there's no dynamics to it. Yeah, and uh, it all just sounds mashed, and um, you know, um, like the quiet parts sound really bad. And, um, but you know, sometimes they do it right, like you said, and um, and they nail it, and it does actually enhance it. But most of the time, it's the the '70s recordings that can be enhanced and they still sound good yeah like if it came out in the 80s and they try and do it it seems like it fails because it's a digital source like Mm, a a lot of these record companies i guess and this is what i try to tell people when they're getting into vinyl is like you got to make sure 
that it's from an, a, you know the original master source right on on these on these records because some of these labels are taking like CD masters and just throwing oh, them yeah. on vinyl. I think they did that with the Caius records and yep. they sound like absolute shit. Yep. So that's, yeah, oh yeah, right. So that's just a warning to anybody that is in getting into vinyl. Just make sure you're uh, you're getting the good stuff, you know. For sure. And do your research because you'll get fucked. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know. I mean, and you know, even I didn't know until I started. Um, you know, I, I had to do because I'm an um, amateur audio engineer too. But um, and I had to master a few things for vinyl, and I didn't know until I had to do that that you know there's the bandwidth you know on a record it can only reproduce so many frequencies right and you can't like you said just take a CD master and throw it on vinyl and expect it to sound good. Yeah, it's gonna sound like. Balls, that know. yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you because I saw you guys had your vinyl on uh, on your merch table mm-hmm. on there. It's like because we I love to re- release a vinyl record, but it's really expensive. And it is. I'm I'm a vinyl nerd myself, so sure. I'm like I would not want to fuck my people over. Right on. You know? So I don't know what it goes what goes into doing the vinyl master. I've never done one before. I've recorded two records on on two inch tape back yeah. in the day, but we never put it on vinyl. Um, so what goes into that? As, as long as you don't, you know. Part of the mastering process for like a CD or like a digital release is a lot of compression, so it keeps up with the so-called you know volume wars or whatever. So it's as loud as the next guy's CD, um, and that's where you can't you can't do that with vinyl because of that limitation. Right. Um, so you know as long as you whatever you're doing with the uh, the vinyl master, as long as you don't like compress it like that. Right. And most of the time, you know, it'll sound good. You know, you just got to allow some headroom. Right. Some dynamic headroom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not an engineer. I I don't know too much about that stuff. I mean, I've been in the room, but we always had somebody do that for us. I was just curious about that because it's like, you know, what good? Hey, I'll come to you. If we ever do a vinyl record, it's kind of like a bucket list thing. It's like, I don't, I'd like to have my own vinyl record someday. Well, and if you do, um, I actually, uh, I'm working with a, a plant that's out of Cleveland, if you can believe it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they're called Gotta Groove. And, I think um, I've heard of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a mom and pop operation. They're not like a big corporate thing. And um, they put out like better quality than than a lot of the bigger companies do no shit yeah yeah do they press, keeping they, it in ohio which is super awesome that is cool yeah. so they have their own uh press yeah oh mm-hmm. no shit yep yep you can you can look up got a groove and um you can get a price quote right on their website they do the uh, 180 gram and all that shit they do 180 gram they do regular which would be like 150 gram or whatever they do seven inches they mm-hmm. do all that stuff yep I'm kind of noticing now because I got a bunch of 180 gram records. Mm-hmm. We're 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 going off on a tangent about vinyl, but that's, that's cool. all right. We can do whatever we want. That's right. So, I, hmm. but yeah, I bought a bunch of 180 grams, and then I started going back to the fuck the regular vinyls because it's like, man, I just hate flipping them every two songs. Oh you know? yeah, like, Damn, right. Man, it's a lot of work. It is. <laughs> it's true. And I mean, honestly, I mean, they're they're hardier. Really, that's the the real advantage to a 180 gram record too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a normal one is it's just a little hardier and it, it's a little it's less prone to like warping and yes. things like that. That's you know, yes. that's really the main advantage to them. Um, my, my favorite hundred and eighty grammars when they just put five songs on the side, not mm, two. Right. You know, I get it, but right. you know, it's like, damn man, because that's, that's it too. There's only so much time that you could cram on one side of a vinyl right. before the grooves start getting so close together, right? And they start sounding bad. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you kind of have to play it. I think it's like twenty minutes is like the max on. One yeah. side before yeah. it really starts compromising the, the integrity of the sound. So either write short songs or uh, go ahead and write long songs. Well, just and I mean now you just think about it. What, like you just kind of have to incorporate it in your in your songwriting process and your record making process. Like um, the the record we're getting ready to do right now is 
is going to be eight songs. And we've normally done cool. like ten songs, eleven songs. Yeah. But we're doing eight so we could keep four songs on one side, four yeah. songs on the other side. Strategic. And, yes, and it's not going to sound bad when we press it to vinyl. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's how they did it back in the day too. That's why a lot of old school records are short. Yeah. Like and you put songs. your heavy songs yeah. first because they're yeah. going to sonically it's going to sound the best. And you put your lighter tracks that um, you know could stand to sound a little grittier. You put them at the end, you know, on purpose. I was listening to Black Magic today. I heard it when it first came out, and then I went back and revisited that. The first time I saw you guys was uh, Blackout Cookout a couple oh, years yeah, ago. Oh yeah, right on. That was Blew me away. Here, actually, I was like, man, those guys are damn good. Oh thanks. Man. It wasn't. It's not your stereotypical like stoner rock band. You guys are. You guys no. have more uh, influence. Like a lot of those. Uh, you know, a lot of stoner rock bands have. You know, the influence of course is Sabbath and things right. like that. Which is nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. No, and bit. we get that a lot, of course. But you know what? It reminds me of uh, Black Magic. I, I heard a lot of old school like Blue Oyster Cult, yeah. pre all the hits. You yeah, know, yeah, I can dig that. We've we've definitely heard that before. Uh, Deep Purple, we get that a lot, and um, uh, even like like uh, more obscure bands like Wishbone Ash and stuff yeah. like that. You know, we've gotten uh, gotten some comparisons to that too. And I'm you know I'm not going to complain about any of those comparisons. No, yeah. they're all fantastic. They're bands all great bands yeah. in my eyes. So. Um, yeah, I mean, Stoner is another, you know, I hate putting music in a box. Me too. It's it's hard to do. Defining genres and subgenres and all this stuff, but um My, I know. hate it when people ask you like what do you sound like? And you're like, right. I don't fucking know, bro. Well, when we get lumped in with Stoner, <laughs> we get lumped in people call us metal too and I'm like, we're yeah. not a metal band. No, but, I didn't get um, that at all, huh? Um, right, but people call us that a lot and um you know, I just say, I just say it's rock, dude. It's just rock. It is. You know? That's what at it is. At its core, really, that's what it is. I'm even calling metal rock now. It's yeah. Like it's all rock. At its core, yeah. You know, you want to trace it back. It all traces back to rock and roll, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. That's what we are, man. We're that's rock right. and roll musicians that's for that's sure. Absolutely right. So, uh, I mean, what I what struck me about uh, Black Magic also is again going back to songs. You know, I'm mm. a song guy, man. I, it does. It's got, you just got to have songs if you're gonna if you're gonna do anything to stand out because there's so many bands out there that are just noodling and doing whatever. Sure. And that's what struck me about you guys. And, and it's your vocals and your your vocal harmonies and all that. Do you do you, do you, you must spend a lot of time really working on the lyric side of it. And that's the a really too, right? I'm not really the guy for that question. It's really Corey because Corey, you know, a lot of people just don't know, but um, Corey writes 99% of this stuff, mm. and um, he'll he'll demo it. He'll demo a song and, and he'll play everything on the demo. He'll play drums. He'll play bass. Okay. He'll do the guitars, wow. do all the vocals, and he'll hand it to us and be like, "Here's a song. Change what you want to change about it. Okay. You know, as far as your department goes, whatever instrument you're playing. And nine times out of ten, we're like, "This is perfect. You, you, you structured <laughs> you a perfect. It. Yeah, you played a perfect song. You wrote a perfect song. And we're just going to emulate what you did. Yeah. And uh, so that's what we do nine times out of ten. Wow. But um, you know, I I know he's not an overthinker, and I think that um that's key to anything is like you know you could go down a rabbit hole in your in your mind and overthink and overanalyze yeah and, absolutely and things get worse the yes, more you think about yes. them right but if you shoot from the hip and right from the heart or whatever and don't think a lot about it right that's when the good stuff comes out yeah i think you know it's like <clears throat> you know you can uh you can relate to this being in a band that like some of your best songs are the, the songs that just came out of nowhere when you were just yeah man you were just jamming and a riff Magic. came out and it turned yeah. into a song and it's like your favorite song it's like you know? where the fuck did that come from right we, we did that I mean I think one of the first songs we ever wrote we still play to this day and we've been a band for uh, full fucking 17 years damn but, but uh, yeah I mean we still that's play. hardcore dude congratulations yeah, yeah we just grinding <laughs> it out that's not an man. easy task man well we've had a couple of lineup we have of a course. different singer for every album right on uh, well <laughs> so far. that you're still chugging though man I think I, yeah I think uh, I think this is the lineup for us but I mean right on. I, I understand what you mean but, and that's that's a special moment when you can 
get like in a in a circle and just have something come out of the ether and it's yeah. like wow what the fuck what? right I mean because I mean you have to write for yourself first yeah. and you have to be a fan of your own music I for mean sure. I, that might sound a little I, it's not I don't think it's egotistical no you have to be happy with what you write yeah I mean, you otherwise to, what's the point right? yeah you you know sure. you got it can't be miserable doing your shit you got you got to look back at the end of the day and be like I'm proud of this absolutely so you guys don't you so you must do some jamming. To, we do. To write we do some like songs. and like the new stuff. Um, like you're gonna hear um, probably three out of the eight um, new songs for the new record. Uh, oh, great! Tonight, cool. And we're opening up with one, and it was born out of a jam, um, and it was actually a jam. Dave's Dave Trick is our new drummer. He's he's been in for since like March. Um, but uh, he was a fill-in drummer before he was our permanent drummer. And when he was a fill-in drummer, um, him and Corey were just jamming, and they came up with this groove. And instead of picking up a bass and chiming in with him, I'm like, oh, my God, i got to record this. So I pulled my phone out, and I yeah. just got a generic recording of it. Ass pocket. And, uh, yes. And um, a few months later, when he was compiling like the demos for what will be the new record, um, I sent him like that voice recording, like, don't forget this. Don't forget yeah. to write a song around this. So... Um, uh, so you, like I said, you'll hear that tonight. That'll be the first song. Excellent. Play. But uh, yeah, that was totally born out of a jam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. I love both. I love both ways of doing it. You know, so. I do too. And I mean, that's, like I said, sometimes we deviate. That one's a deviation to where they wrote the music, uh, you know, in the jam room basically, and then. Um, uh, he demoed it and was like, I'm hitting a brick wall with the vocals, man. I, I really don't know what mm-hmm. to do vocally. Um, so he handed it to me and I demoed vocals and that ended up being the vocals for the song. Cool. But um, it, that's pretty rare. Nine times out of ten, it's it's him compiling the whole thing. You guys said you had your own studio too then. So you're recording I all do, your own yeah, stuff? Yeah, I do okay. my basement, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, you go back to overanalyzing, man. If you're not on the crunch, because we, we right. have our own studio too, so I can relate to this too. A while ago, we don't have it anymore, but... And I think this is the reason why. It's because it took us two years to make a record because we're like, hmm. It's like, we just got to get this done. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's cool having that at your disposal, but it's also not cool having that at your disposal because, like you said, we were having uh, this conversation on the way up because um, uh, there's a a band that we know that has been working on a record for like a a year plus now. Yeah. And I'm like, way to guarantee that you're going to hate this record when it's done because you just, you've listened to it so long. Yeah. It's old. Just get the damn deal done, man. Right. Um, There has to be a threshold where you're like, okay, it's done. It's good. It's done. Yeah. No matter what, I think, you know, know, being in a band this long, you can relate to this too, that it's part of being a musician and, and recording music is knowing that whatever you record a year from now, you're probably going to wish that there were things that you would change about it. Yeah, that's sure. A, that's good. That's a sign of growth. That yes. just means that you're better now than you were a year ago, right? right. That's how I think of it. Right, right. Um, if you're satisfied with what you're doing, then you've stopped growing and you're stagnating at that point. Right. The way I think about it. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yep. you know, but just get comfortable with that. You just know, yeah, there's going to be something you're going to want to change. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that never goes away. It's just one of the spoils of, of being an artist in general, I think. Yeah, I think at a certain point as an artist, you kind of got to let those little nuances of the the change, the stuff you want to change. Just I just let it go. Absolutely. As long as the songs are good and the recording's good, I'm like, that's what you got to be proud of. Right. You know. Yep. Yeah. Especially and if other people are digging it, you know, yes. if other people are digging it, then that's the real point, man. You yeah. Um, that is so flattering too. You know, it's like it's, that's just icing on the cake. Absolutely, you know? it's the most flattering thing ever. I think for sure. Yeah. So how long are you guys uh, along in this new recording, and when well, can we expect it to come on out? Well, the songs are structured. They're all done, and normally, 
when we go in to record, um, you know, we'll have, you know, eight songs or whatever ready to go. And Corey is really good about doing this and it drives me crazy. When we're in the middle of the recording process, he'll come in one day and be like, oh, guys, I wrote this awesome song last night. We should just put it on the new record. <laughs> and it, well, that's it, nine songs. Well, and it's <laughs> not, my, my problem with it is, yes, uh, when he brings these songs to the table, they're great songs, but we have to learn them and commit to them right then and there. And then, you know, we record them, and then a year later, we're playing them so much better because they yeah. got a chance to mature. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So as a guys, you know, I know we go down this path every time. This time, damn it, we're not going to do that. Right. We're going to take these songs, and we're going to give them their proper maturity time. Time yeah. to mature, and uh, we're going to woodshed them in the in the basement or whatever until um, we know that they're they're ready and they're done. And um, so we did that this time, and I think it's going to have a huge impact on the final product. I, cool. I really yeah, it probably will. Yeah. Jam, I mean, we've done both both things. Like, we'll play songs for, like, a year and then go and record them. But I think on this last one, what we did, mm. we only had parts of songs. We went into the studio, not even completely written. Uh, and you were writing them in the studio. We wrote then. them and recorded them right fucking there. And there, like I said, there's some magic there. Yeah. There's definitely some magic It worked there. out. We yeah. were scared to death because we'd never done it before. Right. But that that's that has a benefit, too. I recommend every band try that at least once. Just fucking put the pressure down on yourself right? and see what comes out. But, you know? um, like, case in point, there's... Um, what song is it? Oh, Slow Death off of um, Black Magic. Yeah. Um, that was a song that Corey came in in the middle of the process and said, I wrote this song, let's record it. And we did, and um, we listened back to it now, and like we played it so fast because yeah. we were yeah. learning it and we were nervous because yeah. we were just learning it. Um, now we play it so much more relaxed and cool, and yeah. like, the tempo's way cooler now. <laughs> You're like, damn uh, it. Right. Let's re-record it. Exactly. Which you can do that if you we want can. to. We can, and there's yeah. a couple of songs that we actually entertain doing that, um, you know, for various reasons. Well, I mean, we're a three-piece now, too. Um, cool. You know, yeah. we've been a four-piece, you know, since our inception. Um, we're, we just, you guys were a four-piece last time I saw you, I think. We were, but yeah. we're a three-piece now. We okay. turned into a three-piece right around March, right around the same time we got Dave. We actually, uh, like, half the band, we kind of lost half the band. <laughs> oh, yeah. All at once. Well, because half the band was in another band, um, Necromancing the Stone, and um, they, got si- they got signed to Metal Blade. Okay. Um, they're more, more of, like, a progressive thrash kind of band. Okay. And um, they started jumping on some bigger tours, and so Brimstone started to take a back seat because right. half our band was gone. And um, like, no. so it just reached an impasse to where we had to make a decision, basically. Right. Um, and there, like again, no hard feelings between anybody involved. It yeah, was sure. just a conscious, mature decision between us all. And, um, so, you know, John left and Justin left at the same time. So we lost our singer and our drummer. Right. And Damn it, it was man. Just, yeah, down to me and Corey. And thankfully, we had Dave locked and loaded from being a fill-in. Um, you know, when we asked him, I didn't even get the question fully out before he was like, yes, yes, I'll join yeah. Um, so cool. he saved our butts there, and um, exhale. We had yes, <laughs> and just um, circumstantially, we had to play a couple of shows that were already booked um, when Necromancing had shows booked too. So we had Damn. to like relearn parts and basically learn the main vocal. Okay. Instead of doing the backup vocals like Corey and I were used to doing. Yeah. So um, once we did that, we're like, man, like. We could probably do this. Like, we could just do this full time. Like, yeah. It's going to be a transition. We're going to have to learn all these parts. Yeah. But um, we could do it. We could just do the power trio things. So. Yeah. Hey, less people is, you know, easier to manage. You a know, lot too. more room in the van. Yeah. <laughs> you can stretch out <laughs> exactly. on those long, yeah. long hauls. Yep. Do you guys play, like, do you, have you gone on national tours? Like, no. Grinders um, or just. No, we've done, um, we've done some Midwest runs. I mean, the longest we've run out was like two weeks. 
Yeah. Um, like last, not this past summer, but the summer before, um, there's a band from San Francisco called Castle. And Castle. Okay. Um, they're on uh, Vans Records. Okay. But um, they're constantly touring, and they're uh, besides the fact that they're signed, all their touring and stuff is all DIY. They book their own shows. Yep. They don't work with any booking managers or anything like that. That's and, tough. Uh, it's super tough. Yeah. Um, and uh, they live in their van, but. Um, they were coming through, and we met up with them in Chicago. We played our way to Chicago, met up with them in Chicago, and then did like a week and a half's worth of dates with them, um, working our way back home, basically. Cool, yeah. And, um, that was the longest run we've done. Um, and we'll play, you know, random shows as far as like Milwaukee, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll drive upwards of 10 hours for a show if we have to. It's kind of smart to stay, like if you got, uh, you know, being an independent band and wanting to travel it's kind of smart to stay in like a more of a compact area like you stay like the east coast or midwest right and just I fucking mean, hammer those states over and over and over uh, again now i mean we've hit the hit the midwest super hard so i i mean I'd, I'd really love to go up north like up past upstate new york into new england and i would really love to go south like down into georgia and the carolinas yeah. and stuff because i've never i've never been there period like i've never even seen those areas of the country right yeah um and i would love to do that so it's just a, a an issue of getting the right connections and yeah. making it happen. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's tough out there booking shows. Yeah, absolutely, that's uh, dude. It's the most frustrating thing about being in a band. <laughs> I, if you I ask can me. relate one hundred fucking percent, man. Yeah, it's the worst. Because bouncing back, the good the good part about living in Ohio is I don't know what number one I don't know why people shit on Ohio so much. This is a great state. Oh but, yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, it's a great state to be in a band too because there's major markets within eight hours yeah. all over the fucking place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. You're not in Kansas City. Imagine me and a band in Kansas City. There's fucking nothing. Right. You go out and you're just driving for hundreds of miles before there's another major city. Exactly. You know? But you can go from like you know Pittsburgh to our area to Columbus to um, you know uh, Cincinnati to Indianapolis and then if you yeah. head up north to Cleveland or whatever. I mean, those are all major cities that you could hit and you could make a, you a know, weekend a week, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can make a week run out of that if you wanted to easy. Yeah, know? it's perfect. Um, and they're all good venues and. Um, uh, good people that go to the shows like yeah yeah it's a cool place to be in a band for sure man yeah man the independent band for sure yes so uh what are the plans for the new year as far as shows go well it's all about we're going to take our time with this record i mean and it normally doesn't take us too long to record but we're not setting a deadline on it um so i'm imagining that we're just going to take the winter to record and then by spring time. we'll be ready to get up and, yeah. and promote the new record so that's exactly what um, we need I mean to. we don't have anything booked really um, because of you know just not putting the timeline on the recording but um, we're down for whatever man and we, we all, it's summer spring and summer we like to hit it as hard as we can yeah, yeah. You, say, you guys sound just like us man yeah. we'd be two peas in a pot I'll right on man <laughs> well let's do that let's just do that where can everybody find you guys at um, well we're on all this you know social media we're on Instagram we're on Facebook um Twitter. Um, we have a band camp. You can look up Ribstone Coven on Bandcamp. Cool. Um, we have a YouTube channel, all that stuff, man. Okay, I'll look it all up it. and throw some links on at the uh, outro of this. That would so. be fantastic. All right, man, we'll have a good show, and thank you for talking to me. Thank you for having me. And man. we'll do it again it. next time you're around. Sounds good. Let's, let's keep up the convo. Right on. Peace. Peace. All right, man, there it is, Andrew Cogna from Brimstone Coven. Dude, I hope I say, I'm saying your name right. Uh, I'm sure 
There's a D in front of that, and it's probably silent. But if I'm not saying it right, then I'm sorry. But uh, Andrew's a good dude, real easy to talk to, super cool guy, and he's a, he has a lot of charisma on stage too, and he's a badass bass player. So, and he's a super vinyl fan like myself. It was a nice conversation talking about vinyl and the whole process of recording it and prepping it for a vinyl release. And he would know. He's an engineer and he does all that stuff too, I said in the interview. So, very, very cool. Had a great time. And uh, next time they're in town, definitely going to see him. Hopefully, uh, Burn Blue Sky and Brimstone Covington can get some shows together in the new year. Maybe we can make that happen. We'll see. They got to get this new record out and we got to get a new. Uh, uh, some new material out too which we will be doing starting rather uh, at the end of December this year so uh, Burn Blue Sky is going to be recording a few songs I think we are going to release those as singles and uh, see where it goes from there but uh, in the meantime we're going to start stacking up some tour dates and uh, hopefully Brimstone Coven will uh, hang out with us and do a few shows with us as well. I think both bands would uh, be a pretty good match. And so now I'm going to go ahead and play a song from uh, the latest Brimstone Coven release. The record is called Black Magic. It came out in 2016 on Metal Blade Records. And as said before, those guys are are working on new material as we speak, so hopefully we get a new record out of them in the spring or summer. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, it sounds like they're going to get on it. I'm going to play the song Beyond the Astral. Again, it is on their 2016 release, Black Magic. So go pick it up if you dig it. If you see any tour dates in the new year, make sure you get out there and check them out, man. And that said, thank you again, everyone, for listening. We'll be back real soon with another episode of the Rock Savages podcast. Peace out.